Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sidebar with John Duran. It is uh, Friday, April 5th, 2019. I have got the cold, the flu, the thing that everybody has got that's going around. And so I had to bring in a couple of special guests to help get me through my coughing spells today. We are joined in studio with Karen Oakham. Hello, Karen. hello, hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, Karen, of course, has been uh, here on the show many, many times, and she's going to be co-hosting with me today well i'm going to be filling in the blanks when you stop well it's every time i cough <laughs> and right our first, like right now like right now if you've got this thing that i've got man it has been brutal for like five days constant coughing Ugh, hate it i got the flu shot it didn't take i have no idea why not but here we are so, Karen, you're going to have to do a lot of the talking today. <laughs> okay, once we get started, you want to introduce... Yeah, we've got Hernan Molina. Hernan Molina is the legislative guy for the city of West Hollywood. He was my deputy at City Hall for many, many years. Has his own, of course, television personality, radio personality, and here he is. Welcome, Hernan. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. It's he a is a brilliant Argentinian, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, born and raised in Buenos Aires, and this accent is not fake. It is not fake. There are other things that are fake. <laughs> it is not fake. So, welcome, Hernan. I'm glad you're here on the show with us as well. Hernan monitors a lot of uh, what happens around legislation. Why don't we uh, get into that, Kara? Well, let's start off with the uh, what's happening in Sacramento. Equality California just put out a... Um, an advisory, a memo. You can go on eqca.org and look up all the bills that they're sponsoring, which are a number and a number of first-in-the-nation bills. Uh, but, Hernan, we were talking about, before we uh, got on air, we were talking about PrEP. Yes. And um, I think that, you know, frankly, there is still a lot of confusion around PrEP, and especially now that we don't exactly know what the Trump administration is going to do. So it's very important to know what the state of California is going to do exactly uh, to mitigate the confusion. So why don't you start off talking about SB 159 yeah. by Senator Scott Weiner? Yeah, uh, Senator Weiner, who represents San Francisco, is one of the senators who represents San Francisco clearly very progressive guy, someone who truly gets it, introduced this bill, which basically mimics the situation that women had with uh, emergency contraception medication, like the Plan B, for instance, in which um, a woman who suspects that could be pregnant because she had unprotected sex goes to a pharmacy and the pharmacies, after screening the situation and, and what the patient reports, um, basically it, handles over the uh, Plan B medication. This basically will do that. And there was the bill that was introduced was amended in the Senate uh, Health Committee. Um, one of the things that, that changed is that before the, um, the prescription can be uh, handled, they will do uh, an HIV test. If it is confirmed that it's negative, the person still is given the um, the uh, medication, if it is HIV positive, of course, the person is referred to, to care services. L let me stop you right here, because there may be some people out there who don't know what PrEP is yes. and, and why it is yeah, so important. So that's a great great idea. So PrEP is, is, it stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis, and PEP is post-exposure post prophylaxis. You had unprotected sex with someone that that person... Um, you don't know if he's HIV positive. The person may not even know his or his his his, his or her status, and therefore you uh, need to do something about it. Um, it has become a way of stopping the spread of HIV. Of course, one of the problems with that is people gave up using condoms for the most part. We have other problems, very serious problems with uh, sexually transmitted infections. Syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia, gonorrhea, unfortunately, has developed into resistant um, uh, uh, to medications. And sky which is a high huge, rates. Exactly. Particularly here in Los Angeles County, yeah. but also other counties across the nation. And in Los Angeles County, we have the problem is that the county doesn't have enough funding to uh, fund all the services. Thank God for Supervisor Sheila Kuehl here in Los Angeles, who has, uh, among uh, her peers, has led 
the fight to get the uh, state to appropriate more money. But that's a, a different conversation. Well, and, and we also need to uh, take note that there are a number of people who are staying away from PrEP because exactly. the government has backed PrEP. And there are a lot of people who say, wait a second, you know, Tuskegee? Does that sound like Tuskegee to anybody? They're very afraid of anything that the government says, we're going to put these pills in healthy bodies in order exactly. to stop the spread of HIV. Well, and they go, well, wait a second, aren't there side effects? Um, you and, know, you know, I, I, I've been this year, it's going to be 30 years that I've been HIV positive. I tested HIV positive. And... Um, as a as a one of the earlier patients who uh, was treated with AZT monotherapy, when that was the only thing that was available, the only thing we knew, of course there are side effects. These pills, and because there is something called fast tracking of the medications, um, there is no lo longitudinal studies. Clearly, you had to sort of weigh what's the priority: is it to prevent infections or to make sure that what we are giving is absolutely safe and wait ten years to release it to the market. That was the problem then. It continues to be a, mm -hmm. a situation now. Not so much of a problem, but it's kind of like a decision to how you prioritize. But going back to SBE. But, but this, but PrEP brings you down to zero, right? So that there is the, the prep, boon. PrEP prevents the infection. Prevents the, 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 the virus from attaching itself, basically. Right. So that they're saying this is a way to exactly. get to zero infections exactly. uh, by doing this. To cut the chain of transmission. That's right. But at the same time, there's still problems about access, which is why this bill is so important. It seems exactly. to be These treating this PrEP as if it was regular old birth control. And it should be, in a way, because it's, well, it's not controlling birth issues. Uh, mm -hmm. It's controlling the spread of something that is much worse to our community in the sense of lives that have uh, really uh, taken and the impacts to the health system, to the nation itself. Um, one more thing about this bill that is very important. Health plans for people who have insurance would not be able to say, before you get the prescription, your doctor has to see you, or before you get the prescription, uh, we have to try something different, which is usually what is done in, in um, managed care, which we are not going to give you the most expensive medication. We are going to give you something better. No, this one says that the pharmacist made the decision. The, the health plan has to uh, fund it. So there are other bills that we'll come back to talking Absolutely. about. I, I hope I... John? No, you're good. I'm just holding back the <laughs> cough here. So, um, Hernan, I, uh, I, I know you're doing federal stuff, too. Is there stuff happening on the federal level that LGBT people should be focusing on right now? Um, I'm, my focus is not so much the federal government, to be honest with you, right now, because we have so much going in, in California, but um, I, will, I will come back to you on that one. All right. All right. I know Karen's been working on the Equality Act. Karen's probably more on We focused on it last time around. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, let's talk a little bit about um, the uh, conversion therapy, because one of our guests that's coming on today is yes. John Bozeman, who was very successful uh, at uh, getting Google to remove the conversion therapy yes. app from its application. So when we come back from commercial break, we'll, let's talk about that, and we'll kind of prep up for John Bozeman's visit later, later this morning. Thank you all for tuning in to Sidebar with John Duran here on Channel Q. The new Channel Q. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sidebar with John Duran, Channel Q. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, we're here uh, this morning, Sidebar with John Duran. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, before we get back into legislative issues, a couple of weeks ago, we had Mariah Hansen on the founder of Dinosaur Weekend. 
And here it is. It's here. And we're very pleased to tell you that we have Chris, the tournament director, online with us t- today, right now, live from Dinosaur Weekend. Chris, can we plug you in? Are you there? We'll get Chris on the line here just a second from Dinosaur Weekend. Hello. Oh, there you are, Chris. Now I can hear you. Good Chris, morning. Are you there? Hey, morning. how are you? How Good is, morning. How Pleasure. is Dinosaur Weekend shaping up? Well, we got a we got a, a, a picturesque day out here at Mission Hills Country Club, and uh, I'm standing on the 17th green or near the 17th green, and it is it is it sounds like a great day to to play hooky from work and come out and watch some golf. That is awesome, man. <clears throat> I hear there's uh, 25 of the world's top players are there this week, huh? 25 of the top 25 and, and 112 of, of the best players in the world. We've got an unbelievable field. The golf course is, is phenomenal. As, as you know, we've had a, had a, a wet winter here, which is, has made it green and lush. And the, and the grounds crew here, Jared Taylor and his staff, have done an unbelievable job. So it, is, it could not be a better day anywhere in America than right here at uh, Mission Hills. Now, wh- where are these players coming from? All over the country? All over the world? Oh, all over the world. We should have about 27 or 28 countries represented this week. Uh, players from all over the United, United States, uh, South Korea, uh, China, Europe, Asia, you name it, we've got, uh, we've, we're representing here this week. So some of the, uh, the top women athletes all over the world, that's incredible. Now, now, I'm not really much of a sports fan, I have to confess, but I've been told that we've got incredible, well-known athletes like Lexi Thompson, Lydia, Lydia Ko, Jessica Corda are all there on the leaderboard with you all. Well, we have a, we obviously with a great field like we have here, the, the cream rises to the top at a, at a major championship like the ANA Inspiration, and so you're going to have the best players among those names that you mentioned, and a couple surprises. But uh, even if you're not a golf fan, it's hard to not come out here and get uh, get caught up in some of the cheering for as birdies go in and, and uh, players hit great shots. And, and the weather, I suppose, is spectacular. Well, it, it is Rancho Mirage in, in early April. It's 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 hard. the The city has has set up set us up with an unbelievable day here, and it looks like the weekend will be just the same. Now, I know every year this weekend, Palm Springs becomes just a sea of lesbian women everywhere throughout the entire city. There's women everywhere that take over all the restaurants, cafes, streets, and it's an incredible phenomenon to be in Palm Springs this weekend. Well, Palm Springs is, and and obviously the whole valley is is hopping this week for a lot of different reasons. And and the A and A inspiration, we have a number of fans out here that are enjoying the festivities here as well as uh, in town. Oh, that sounds really. How long has this tournament been going on? Uh, we've been here for forty eight years consecutively here at the same course, and uh, um, it's it's one of the it's the first major on the LPGA tour, and. Uh, it kind of starts starts the season for uh, a lot of players here, right here at, in in Rancho Mirage. Oh, that that sounds really incredible, and and I know that the whole Coachella Valley kind of unites around this, and of course the music festival. But I, this is such a big weekend for everybody, so I'm sure the community is really enjoying and celebrating the presence of the tournament and uh, the presence uh, of your uh, the annual Dinosaur Weekend. We actually heard some of the history that Dinosaur, when she uh, started this weekend, it was all about empowering women and empowering women athletes that were getting second or short shrift throughout the year. People have a sense well, I, of how long this has been going on and how how historical it is. Well, I think some people get get lost in in what Dinah Shore did for for women and 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 the game of golf in this tournament. She was I, I started here when she was still alive back in the early nineties, and she was a wonderful wonderful ambassador for women for women's empowerment and and for giving these these players an opportunity to chase their dreams playing golf and. Uh, you know, so hopefully, hopefully, you know, you can help get that word out about all she did for for this valley, really in general, and and not only this event, but the the entire valley and women as well. Wow, that that's really incredible. You know, we have people listening from all over the United States this morning, and I'm sure there are people mm-hmm. out there thinking, "Gee, I really would like to go." What, do you have any idea when people should start to make their hotel reservations in advance to try to book a room for this incredible weekend in in the Palm Springs Rancho Mirage Cathedral City Palm Canyon area, the entire valley? 
Well, I'm sure if they went to the uh, Greater Palm Springs Convention and and, uh, Visitors Bureau website, they could find out all they need to know about hotels. We have a our host hotel is is Agua Caliente Casino in the Western Mission Hills. They kind of help support us here as it relates to the event. But obviously, this this valley has hotel rooms all over the place. Tickets are available at anainspiration.com. And if you can't make it out, at least tune in on Golf Channel for uh, for the weekend. We've got 20 hours of live coverage on the Golf Channel. Yeah, that 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 sounds wonderful. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we uh, we know that uh, Dinosaur Weekend is a great weekend, and uh, that uh, the White Party is the next big weekend that's coming up in a couple of weeks, and that LGBT people really come to the Coachella Valley these uh, couple of weekends in April in order to uh, participate with you all. So, uh, thank you for being such wonderful hosts to the LGBT community from all over the USA and the world. Yeah, for sure. We uh, obviously are, everybody's welcome, and, and uh, lots of love going on out here at Mission Hills. All right, man. All right, any parting words for our listeners before we let you go? Well, ha- just tell them to uh, have a, have a great weekend, and hope we can see them out at at, uh, at Mission Hills, and and come enjoy some of the uh, sunshine and golf. All right, that's Chris, the tournament director of the Dinosaur Weekend Tournament. Thank you for joining us this morning. All right, thank you. Thank you. All right, we're back in studio with uh, Hernan Molina and Karen Oka. And uh, thank you, guys. Have you ever been to Dinosaur Weekend? I, I have not because I don't drink. So, <laughs> And you don't golf. And I don't golf. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm <clears throat> supportive of women golfers, of course. There were a number who uh, struggled in terms of coming out at the beginning of the uh, Dinosaur Weekend. But... No, it's it's not my thing. As a matter of fact, I, you know, golf is very much in the news right now. If I may segue in back into the news, because there's this new book out about how Donald Trump uh, cheats at golf, and that's a no no. You do not do that. You do not cheat at golf. You do I know not you wanted to golf? ask the tournament director if Donald I Trump did. cheated at <laughs> golf in Palm Springs. I know you were biting at the off there I was. to ask him. I'm because, sure that's not the only thing he's cheated at. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, but <clears> is, <throat> is is it a topic of conversation out there? Because, yeah. you know, he, he claims Donald Trump claims to be this champion mm. at his own golf clubs. You know, that he's won this tournament or yeah, he's only puts a plaque up. He's and, the best president ever and he oh. had the most people at the inauguration but and he, so on and so on and so on but he prides himself quote unquote prides himself at golf and and just recently we've had Samuel L. Jackson go on these uh, talk shows I think it was uh, uh, the Colbert uh, Stephen Colbert's show and talk about how Donald Trump literally cheats at golf and everybody knows it, but they give him a pass. That is pathetic. I mean, he's like more of a showman. You know, he, yeah. he's the kind of guy that likes to puff himself up and, and really just flaunt everything he's got, you know? So it's no surprise to me that he would cheat at something like but that. But he's also the president of the United States. Of course. Which is the embarrassing Worse. part. Yeah. The embarrassing part. Hernan, have you been to a dinosaur weekend? No, I have not. <laughs> you don't I am golf not much. Your, I not don't golf. I'm not an elitist. I'm not a lesbian. Although I don't. I don't think it's exclusively for lesbians to no, be at the time, but I think a lot um, of gay men enjoy going out. But still, out. Um, not me- very much a Palm Springs uh, kind of person. I like the ocean more than the desert. Yeah, I tried golf once. <laughs> I broke a record in the wrong direction. You know who's also in Palm Springs this weekend is Nancy Pelosi. Oh, yes, because Donald Trump is in Los Angeles today. Please don't tell me Fundraiser that. Fundraiser. No wonder I feel the, sick. He's going to the border, of course, and then he's yeah, coming he has a border to, event. to yeah. uh, Los Angeles for a number of high-profile fundraisers. Yeah. He's raising she is a lot of money. rubbing her fingers together. <laughs> <laughs> money, All right, money, money. we got to take another commercial break. You're listening to Sidebar with John Duran here on Channel Q. The new Channel Q. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. <coughs> we are talking, Karen, about... <laughs> The reparative therapy and conversion therapy bills. And, yeah. Or not. And I know you had a role to play in all that, so. Well, and let's start out by talking about discrimination to begin with. I mean, we get to conversion therapy, so-called conversion therapy. Anytime we talk about it, we should put air quotes around that, please, because that's a made-up concept. But uh, before that, one of the things that uh, Hernan and I were talking about in the first segment was about the legislative bills that Equality California is putting forth. And one of them has to do with, it's called bias-free child custody yeah. uh, determination. It's SB. Yeah. Hernan, uh, take it away yeah, and, and this please is put a, it in context. Absolutely. This is Senate Bill 495 by Senator Marielena Durazo, who was just elected last year. This is her first year in office. But by far, Marilena is a person who has been a powerhouse. She has been one of the key leaders in the labor movement here in California, someone who's absolutely respect, respected, and some people fear her. And when you look at her, you say, uh, wow, I was expecting someone perhaps of a bigger <laughs> size. Uh, she has a bigger than... Um, a big big size personality, but at the same time, she's a very wonderful person when you meet her. And what, one of the things I was telling uh, Karen uh, before we went on the air, we came back on the air, is the fact that, and, and John and I were working together eight, only 18 years ago, Carol Migden had a problem, AB45, and Lalan Faso was her chief of staff at the time. She was having a hard time introducing the adoption bill. Mm -hmm. We didn't have marriage. Prop 8 was not even in the horizon at the time. We are talking about 2001. And look how far we have come. Well, and part of that had to do with the whole mythology, which you fought during the life, when you were with Life Aids, Life Aids Lobby. Way back in the and, 80s. And yeah. as an attorney, the whole notion of gay people as sexual predators. Exactly. Yep. So how in the world are you, you know, anybody, uh, the, you have this innate bias that has existed for millennia, it seems. See Celluloid Closet or read Vito Russo's book on cellu called Celluloid Closet about how these this mythology about gay people lgbt people as sexual predators has become so ingrained in the in people's yeah, consciousness exactly. the social construction right exactly so so they didn't even think they were having a bias these judges and well and this is exactly what you. yeah you you gave me a, a great uh, intro to that one because this bill basically addresses the bias that every human being but particularly when you are making in a court of law, in a family court, you are making a decision, the judge is making a decision, which deciding who is the best uh, custodian person to uh, a child whose parents perhaps have been become neglectful or are, uh, unable to, to care for the child. And what the bill basically says is that the judge will not make a decision using sexual orientation, gender identity, sexual identity none of that will play into and this that is so important that's why i wanted to mention that at the beginning because what's so awesome is marilena russell who is an ally of our community and labor has been an ally of our community of lgbt community it's it's a straight woman it's an it's a grandma uh nobody had to explain these issues to her however 
only 20 years have gone by since what I was mentioning at the beginning, uh, Carol Migden being one of the uh, first lesbians uh, elected to, to office, Jackie Goldberg mm-hmm. introducing AB, I believe it was 67, the first uh, marriage bill, which Jerome Horton, who is now uh, or was in the um, uh, a board of equalization, walked away because African-American church leaders were basically uh, persecuting him to uh, force him not to vote on the bill. These are things that happened only 16, 17 years ago. And I'm saying this because as a 51-year-old man, Gen Xer, not You're baby 51. boomer. one Wow, I didn't know. When did you pass Yeah, no, no. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, people say that I'm 32. Well, <laughs> 30 years with HIV is, you know, I'm so glad uh, yeah. you're at 51. Yes. Yeah. So... Um, that's why I was saying, because, you know, there perhaps there are listeners, obviously, who are in their 20s, who see all these things happening and said, how awesome. For us, who have been around uh, a longer time, we have that uh, perspective. And, and some of us forget mm-hmm. how easy we have it now, but how difficult it was at, at a time, obviously. Well, you know, I'd, I'd actually like to interject something here. Uh, Virginia Uribe mm-hmm. just passed away. Absolutely. She's the founder of Project 10. And John, you remember this very well. She went up against Traditional Values Coalition, Reverend Lou Sheldon, mm-hmm. who you tangled with. Uh, the Satan. Of, he called me the Principality of Satan. That yeah. I'm the City of Satan is what he called me. Well, here is this woman who is a science teacher at Fairfax High School, who in 1984 saw these LGBT kids dropping out because of being bullied, because of a whole host of issues. So she started secretly hosting a support group, if you will, in her science classroom during lunchtime. And then Lou got a hold of that notion and started saying, oh, we the gays are recruiting, recruiting these kids. So, uh, I mean, you know, first of all, all honor to Virginia Uribe. Yes, and thank absolutely, you. because she created a she space, a positive away in space. She passed Los Angeles this For week. You, Glisson, didn't, you didn't mention that she passed away this week. Yeah. No, I, no, she, she, she oh, yeah, 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 that's yeah. why I got into okay, this. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> but she established through prop uh, through through Project Ten, Glisten, Gay Straight Alliances, all that yes. that we feel beginning. is freedom now. Uh, you know, she started when there was nothing. We love you. God, we love Virginia. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, <laughs> this also brings me, and I know we have to go soon, but. Uh, this is a reminder what we are talking about today and what is happening to our community in a positive manner and also a not positive manner because we have <coughs> touched on the challenges that we are facing. This reminds us of the importance of voting. Yes. So many people say, why am I going to vote? Well, you vote because you have to elect the right representative, the one who's going to carry your values. Right, and the center We're, is opening their new campus. Hold on, we can't go to another subject, Karen. This weekend. We got a break for commercial. <laughs> We're coming back with John Bozeman, who did uh, the conversion therapy, uh, ripping that off of Google after the break. Thank you for listening to Sidebar with John Duran on Channel Q. The new Channel Q. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We've got Hernan Molina, legislative guru, Karen Olcom, walking Wikipedia of LGBT world. And now we've been joined by John Bozeman, who uh, went up against Google recently in getting conversion therapy app pulled from Google. And uh, let's start out with John. Tell us a little bit. I, I think you actually went through conversion th- conversion therapy. I, they tried to put me through it. It was called Catholic school. Oh. But it didn't, re- it didn't really work. That was the old-fashioned way. Mm-hmm. But what, did, what happened to you? Yeah, so um, I grew Grew up in a, a Baptist culture in the South, and uh, I was, you know, I was never really recognized for who I was, and uh, I never felt comfortable coming out, um, and I just wanted to be accepted by my peers. So when I was 18 and went to college, um, I voluntarily went to conversion therapy, um, and it was there. I spent about a year, uh, a year and a couple months in that when I was in college, and. Uh, yeah, they did things like, hey, snap a rubber band around your wrist when you think of men. 
Wow. Uh, <laughs> just ridiculous, ridiculous How many things. rubber bands did you go through? No, oh, you know, <laughs> you know, about a six-pack from Home Depot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Costco. Costco, yeah, there you go. Costco Karen, light. I remember in the early 90s, I think it was, you pretended to be a church lady. <laughs> well, actually... Um, <clears throat> it went undercover, right, into conversion therapy. Well, church lady, uh, actually, I pretended to be old money from Pasadena, so oh. I went to I went underground to Lou Sheldon's uh, heterosexual symposium. That's right. And then jumping off of that because I met uh, Nicolosi there, who was famous from North, and a number of other ex quote unquote ex gay ministry types. Um, I decided to try to get changed. I mean, prior to my coming out, of course, I went through all the psychological and emotional and spiritual hell everybody else did, mm, you know, having right. to turn away from religion, frankly, uh, and d d declare myself to be, okay, I, I guess I am evil, if that's what they say I am. You know, I kind of went through something similar. I say that I, I feel like I had to choose between God and gay. That's exactly right. And so, yeah. so I wanted to find out who these Christian people were who were so against us because my concept of Jesus was welcoming the children unto me kind of thing. Right. And, you know, go to the sex worker, you know, Mary mm -hmm. Magdalene and the poor and the homeless, etc. Lepers, don't forget the lepers. Uh, lepers, <laughs> we would count among them. Right. Now uh, it's more like a country club Jesus. You know, you yeah. have to follow follow the rules they set and then you can stay in the club. Well, yeah, and the rules kind of kept keep changing too. But this stuff right. is psychologically destroying people, can well, making people absolutely. commit suicide if they think there's well, no and, way out. And what I experienced was why that might happen because you go with the something is wrong with me, and then uh, and I don't know what it is, but everybody else is saying it's sinful and evil, and I don't mm. want that. So I went down to the front of the church, and I was surrounded by all these people speaking in tongues, you know, sort of like he, the guy in, uh, you know, Silence of the Lamb with the, with the wine, you know. Anyway, and, and I, in my mind, I knew who I was and why I was there and what was going on, but my body literally started trembling and I broke out in a sweat and it was as if the, you know, the evil was being released. I had a mind-body split. It was freaking me out. So I can understand. Thank God you're a child mm. of the 70s. So well, that's all I've got to say. And I stayed connected. I made yeah. sure that before I went under that I had a connection with my 12-step friends right. because I said, if you don't hear from me, come get me, please. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Rescue me. But if my experience, if personal experience is any sign whatsoever, I can understand how people who go through this and have this physical reaction say, well, maybe what they're saying and, is right. And that's what makes it so scary about this app that um, mm. John and Truth Wins Out fought so hard to get it off of the uh, Google platform. Mm -hmm. um, because... We, we are in 2019, and certainly because they put it on an app, uh, which is Living Hope Ministries. Living Hope Ministries, yeah. And you know what? It targeted elementary through That's high That's exactly my point on the technology. Straight up child abuse, in my opinion. And it, it circumvents state laws, right? So you could have downloaded this app. Um, and I think there's over 17 states now that have banned conversion therapy. But Google went around that. Essentially, um, and I think that's breaking the law. And Google, Google kept it, even though you guys were pressuring them right. to to bring it down. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, uh, Apple and um, so Apple, Amazon, Amazon, and Microsoft. Exactly, we got them to take it down. Um, Wayne Besson of Truth Wins Out. Uh, mm -hmm. He. Yeah, he spent a lot of time getting those guys well, taken down. We had to get hero he in, is. This, in this Absolutely. whole effort. Let's underscore that. Absolutely. Really, we got to go to commercial down. break, everyone. So I'm just going to step <laughs> oh, in and interrupt. Man. We'll come back after commercial break. You're listening to all of us here at Sidebar with John Durant on Channel Q. The new Channel Q. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I want to thank my fabulous producer, Jason Yazin, for I'm Coming Out by Diana Ross. We are in studio with Hernan Molina, Karen Oakham, John Bozeman, talking about conversion therapy and the terrible things it does. And... Uh, I think where we left off, you guys are talking about some of the psychological damage that occurs. But John, what about your organization? What are you all doing to combat this terrible abuse of children and and people's minds? So truth wins out. Um, We go after uh, other organizations that are hawking conversion therapy and uh, either, and we also go after uh, legislation that... uh, that goes against uh, gay people, anti yeah, anti LGBTQ legislation, and uh, mostly Republicans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember back in the eighties. Karen, I represented those two founders of Exodus. Remember those two guys? Yeah. I forget Gary and gee, I forget their names now. It's been so Michael Bussey and Gary something, and they met in Exodus <laughs> and Ernest right. Cooper, right. and they met not Gary Cooper. That doesn't sound right. That's a famous <laughs> actor. A famous, they met in Exodus actor. International, fell in love and left Exodus. And that's been the story over and over again of everybody who goes into reparative therapy. I mean, there's only seemed to be two ways out. Kill yourself or fall in love and leave. Yeah, well, that is what happened to me. I was in a group therapy and met a guy. We went shopping the next day and it was done. Well, you know, they never should have allowed you to go shopping together. That was a sure cue. A slippery road to homosexuality right there. And we need to actually be careful about the terms we use, too, because... North, uh, the national, I've forgotten uh, all the, uh, you know, what it stands for, but it's. National Association to Reform the Homosexual. Well, reparative. Yeah, so this whole notion of, quote, reparative therapy suggests that we need to be repaired. So by using the term reparative, we're kind of buying into their argument. Same thing with ex-gay therapy Hmm. you know what we know you know there's a whole sexual spectrum right so there's a fluidity of sexuality you can be bisexual one day and then pick a you know a partner based on that person's personality frankly and not really care about the sexuality you can be androgynous now sam smith just came out as non-binary i mean so this whole ex-gay thing is uh you know again buying into their notion conversion therapy so that we can be converted to right. what they want. And the, the idea is that um, they tend to think of us as individuals who are individually impaired, perverted, whatever. Uh, but the Psychological and Psychiatric Association has removed homosexuality as a disease or a mental disorder. We do not need to be repaired or converted. And, oh, by the way, we actually happen to be a minority with the consistent uh, characteristic of loving someone of the same gender or at least you know wanting to we are a demographic we are a minority we are no longer individuals who christian right wing religious right wing want to convert to what they think the biblical standard should be for all good Americans. And, and, and look at what happened last year. Assemblymember Evan Lowe, who represents uh, Campbell, he's a Democrat, he's LGBT, a uh, member of the LGBT caucus. He introduced this bill, AB 2943, which basically would prohibit the practice and promoting the practice of conversion therapy uh, and basically label it, the, the, the law would label it as, as fraud. Well, at the last minute, he pulled the bill, and even though several organizations were in support of, uh, in support of the, uh, the bill and they were behind it, and the bill had sailed through uh, committees, thank God to the Democratic majority that we have in both chambers, 
he ended up canning it. And you have the yeah, background I, on that. I, I Yes, I, I interviewed him. I mean, everybody was really quite startled uh, because there have been hearings about this. Uh, the religious right in particular had spun it so that they were afraid that that meant selling the Bible where Leviticus can say, you know, homosexuality deserves the death penalty, <sighs> that selling the Bible could can be considered as fraud and they'd be legally prohibited from doing that. That's not Playing what the, the victim when they're out well, there just ruining lives. Yeah, but they actually believe that because it sure. got spun by you know the the right wing spingers, the heritage, right. and all these guys. Right. But the thing is, one of the reasons that Evan pulled the bill, and I talked to him in depth about this, is because. Yes, it was sailing through. Jerry Brown had already signed Ted Lieu's uh, bill, and uh, there were a troubled teen industry, billion-dollar troubled teen industry that Ricardo Lara and Adam Schiff uh, expressed interest in, in pushing back on. In Congress, man. But the thing is, is that Evan found religious people, evangelical leaders, who said, wait a second, I still think homosexuality per se is a sin, but I agree with you that this so-called conversion therapy is harmful and we should not do it. And Evan's mind was blown. Wait a second, maybe we can actually reach more people, change more hearts and minds, which is the point, and have their perception changed about what we're trying to do with this conversion therapy bill. So he pulled it as kind of a nod to what they were sharing with him. And the religious right, it blew their minds. Karen Engel, uh, England from uh, the Capital Resources Institute was freaked out. She's been an anti-LGBT lobbyist for as long as I can remember. You remember her from Life Lobby days, uh, John. Um, the thing is, is that they said someone is listening to us. Someone is actually seriously taking us, you know, our concerns, uh, you know, into uh, uh, the broader spectrum of things, into this framework. So he's been on a, quote, listening tour. Karen, we've got, I hate to interrupt you, we've got one minute. Okay. I want to make sure John Bozeman gets in there, his organization, his website, their event tonight, other things going on. Yeah, yeah, so two things. Uh, at truthwinsout.org, you can uh, give us a donation to let us, uh, to allow us to keep going and, uh, and letting people know that uh, conversion therapy still exists. I mean, people don't understand how prevalent this is. So uh, we have some things in the pipeline, uh, but we need funding to be able to do that. Uh, other than that, come celebrate with me at, if you're in Los Angeles, come to Gym Bar, one of the best bars in WeHo, uh, from 5.30 to around 9. Tonight? Uh, it's happy hour tonight. Tonight, all right, great. Come hang April out. April 5th. And, uh, and it's truthwinsout.org? Truthwinsout.org, yeah. It, no right. donation too small. And if or you're struggling big. with your Christian or your Muslim or your Judaic beliefs, is this a good place for you this to go for resources too? It's a great place to go uh, for resources. And also, we would love to hear your story. So reach out to us if you have gone through conversion therapy or are considering it. We'd love to talk to you. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you all very much. You're listening to Sidebar with John Duran here on the new Channel Q. The new Channel Q. Is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in, and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Welcome back, everybody. Stand by me. Thank you, Jason. It's a great song choice for our next guest. We have got, <laughs> besides me having a terrible cold, James Duke Mason on the line with us, who's been heading up the recent boycott of the Beverly Hills Hotel regarding the Sultan of Brunei's uh, call for the stoning of homosexuals and adulterers under Sharia law. Duke, are you there? I'm here. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry you've got the same thing I've got. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's just, it's, uh, 
it's, it's, it's a bummer, but I'm happy I could at least join you over the phone. I'm glad you were able to join us anyway. Thank you very much. Karen Oakham is in studio here with us also, Duke. Hi, Duke. Hi, Karen. <laughs> All right, Duke, what is going on? What are, what's, the, what's the deal? Well, you know, it's, uh, it's been an interesting journey because you know, a lot of people have said, well, you know, this, this whole thing blew up about four or five years ago. And what is, you know, why is it coming back again? What has changed? So, you know, I guess after the, the first uh, uproar, the Sultan decided to delay uh, the implementation of Sharia law. But now, you know, as of yesterday, I guess they're finally uh, implementing the law. And so, you know, I feel like uh, if there's one silver lining out of this, it's that uh, I think given all the publicity and all the attention that this is getting with George Clooney's op-ed, um, hopefully, you know, because of all the attention, we're actually going to be able to uh, make a real difference uh, finally on this. And I think, um, you know, even even more so than four or five years ago, there's a lot of publicity and a lot of attention that, uh, you know, even, even more so than four or five years ago. So there's one silver lining that's that people are finally aware of this. And uh, that's the most important thing. You know, under yeah. this law, both Donald Trump and John Duran could both be stoned. One for being an <laughs> adulterer, one for being a homosexual, right? No, I mean, it's, it's just... Uh, it's, it's a tragedy and it's, it's horrifying. And, uh, you know, but I, but I really do think, you know, people say the boycott isn't working. I know for a fact that uh, the hotel, the Beverly Hills Hotel, but also the entire Dorchester collection, that they are feeling the impact of this. I know for a fact that a lot of major events have already been canceled. The hotels are losing money. And, uh, and I know that the Sultan is aware of that. So, uh, you know, the, the idea that, oh, you know, it's, it's not having an impact definitely is having an impact. And I actually really do think that, uh, you know, hopefully we can change the law. But either way, I, I've, I've heard that uh, the, the Sultan is, you know, there's a real chance he may divest himself of the hotels, I think, if we keep up the pressure. Well, and, and part of the point is that uh, not only is it Sharia law, but uh, and in that part of the uh, the world, uh, but there's a lot of unemployment. He's very mm-hmm. very rich, but there's a lot of unemployment in that very small little country, especially among the young. Uh, right. and, and there's some poverty, and it's an oil rich country. But he's the yeah. one that gets the oil riches, not his people. So right. by enforcing this Sharia law, that's not only uh, against anybody. Here's the thing that we need to re- understand. Enforcement of the Sharia law against anybody who is perceived to be gay or LGBT, not just actually caught in the act of right. having gay sex, so-called gay sex, but uh, also adultery and also amputation for uh, theft, for theft. But what this does is that it enables the law enforcement, it enables police to put wiretaps on phones to go onto the Internet and follow somebody on Facebook or Grindr or whatever and suss out these people and invade homes. They don't have, you know, you need a subpoena to come into the, you know, knock on the door and say, hi, we're here, we want to, you know, here's this subpoena. They can break in if they suspect somebody is LGBT. And then it's not just death by stoning or whipping. They also demand having a crowd, a Muslim crowd. So, of right. course, the you know, a lot of people in the Muslim community are going, wait a second, you know, our religion doesn't say this, but under Absolutely. Sharia law, it does. So, you know, that's that's pretty important aspect as well. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's not just the LGBT community that's affected by this. As you pointed out, I mean, children even are, are covered under this. The amputation of limbs, you know, uh, for theft, you know, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's yes, of course, you know, the, the LGBT component is, is important. But, you know, this affects women, this affects, you know, children, all sorts of different groups. And, uh, and I think that, you know, that's, that's something that's important to highlight as well. Duke, I think you're doing a great job heading up this effort. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I, it's, you know, we're in the process of figuring out the next steps. You know, I'm talking to Cleve Jones, who, you know, was very active in the early days of the boycott and 
you know, we're talking about ways that we're, you know, we're thinking about ways that we can expand and, and keep this going. And, you know, we're talking about demonstrations and uh, all sorts of different ideas. But, you know, we're definitely going to keep this up. I think uh, given Clooney and, you know, Ellen coming out and being very vocal about it and Elton, I think even more so than four or five years ago, there's a real outcry. And I think, uh, you know, we, we really think that if we if we keep it up, there's a real chance that we might be able to to have an impact. So uh, it's just a question of keep, keeping up the momentum. You know, I've known you since you were a child. <laughs> when you were the son of Belinda Mason from the Go-Go's, and she told me she had a gay, a gay child, a gay son, and that's when I first heard about you. And to see you go from that all the way up to what you're doing now and how you're leading this is so impressive. Congratulations, Duke. Uh-huh. Thank you, John. It means a lot coming from you. I really appreciate it. What about it. Oprah? Oprah's based in West Hollywood. Get, let's get Oprah. She is. Oprah's Oprah Winfrey Networks, based at the lot at Santa Monica Boulevard in La Brea. Oh, I did not know yeah. that. Oh, I just taught Karen Oakham. I just oh, taught the Wikipedia something. I just taught the Wikipedia <laughs> of LGBT something. Well, I that's am, a wow. story I'm going to have to pursue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, while John's coughing, let me ask you one other thing. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> so much of the focus has been on the uh, well-known uh, Beverly uh, Hills Hotel, and because right. of the Polo Lounge, no doubt. But there's also the Bel Air Hotel. There are two hotels yep. in Beverly Hills and in, in the greater Los Angeles area. Uh, we're not hearing so much about the Bel Air Hotel. And, and also, for those of us who travel outside of Los Angeles, um, I think the Dorchester, there are like seven Dorchester hotels, uh, two in in France and uh, one in England, if I'm not mistaken. And I know yep. Deutsche Bank has uh, canceled a, a fundraiser. They had at a hotel in Europe. So uh, what can <laughs> you tell good, us about the Bel Air? Deutsche Bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, for, uh, well, you know, absolutely. I think that what, what another <clears> good <throat> thing about this recent wave of publicity is, you know, as opposed to four or five years ago when the emphasis for whatever reason, maybe because it was the flashiest, you know, uh, hotel of them all. You know, before it was sort of a focus on the Beverly Hills Hotel. I think now, thankfully, we're seeing more of an international uh, response, you know. And so, you know, uh, whether it's the Dorchester Hotel in London or, you know, their properties in Italy and in France, I think people are more aware of the fact that, you know, it's not just the one hotel. I don't, uh, truthfully, I don't know why, the emphasis was on the Beverly Hills Hotel. I guess you know just it was, it was the most uh, prominent or you know example. But yeah, it's on Sunset really, Boulevard and the exactly. Polo Lounge. Everybody, all the stars go there, and exactly Bel Air yeah, is kind of hidden. But absolutely, I mean, I think you know one example of how we know that we're having a real impact is that the hotel actually deactivated all of their social media pages for all of their hotels because of the. <laughs> the the response they were getting. So, you know, clearly this isn't just, uh, you know, the pressure they're getting isn't just unique to the Beverly Hills Hotel. They're obviously feeling the heat uh, for all, the, all of their properties. Duke, stick around. we got a few more questions. We've got to take a quick commercial break. Here Great. on Sidebar with John Duran on Channel Q. Here at Sidebar with John Duran with Karen Oakham, walking LGBT Wikipedia. Who just learned something. Who just learned something to add to her Wikipedia. And a very sick John Duran and a very sick Duke Mason on the phone. Duke, you still there with us? I'm here. Man, we all got this flu. Karen had a question for you. I, I do, Duke. This is, uh, you know, more of a political kind of a question. Well, it's all politics, of course. But it seems to me that, you know, the Republicans keep talking about and worried about Sharia law being imposed in, in America in some way, shape, or form. So they're sort of predisposed to having problems with Sharia law. Have there been any Republicans who have you know raised their hand and said, you know, hey, I'm with you, I'm with you? Or is this, you know, just progressive Democrats who care? Actually, it's funny you say that because soon after the news came out that the Sultan was planning to finally implement Sharia law, Ted Cruz actually tweeted uh, and said, you know, this is barbaric. You know, we should America should stand united against this. So, no, absolutely. I mean, I actually thought that myself. I thought, 
you know, Donald Trump is always talking about, oh, you know, these other, you know, these countries that, you know, that, uh, you know, the Clinton Foundation accepted money from countries that, uh, you know, torture or murder gay people. But interestingly, there's been no uh, response from the administration or the State Department, uh, as, as far as I know, on well, this. Which uh, actually, actually, I think surprising. that they, they did. Michael Lavers from the Washington Blade has a story up now that uh, there's a statement from the State Department saying they're very concerned about mm-hmm. this. That's it. You know, very but, concerned. What the hell does that mean? Exactly. Very, very concerned could mean that they're opposed to Sharia law, except in this area. <laughs> Maybe that's what <laughs> e- that means. Even though Trump promised during the Republican convention that specifically he would protect gay people exactly. against this. Yeah, very, very true. Duke, Absolutely. you just came through a city council race in West Hollywood. I know you didn't make it, even <laughs> though I was cheering for you, but congratulations. How was that experience for you? Truthfully, it was a great experience, and uh, you know, I, I on it. Look, you know, you go into it knowing that you know, there are two possible outcomes, and uh, you know, I was fully prepared for either way, and uh, you know, I. But I had a great time, and you know, West Hollywood. You know, I would, I, I, I wouldn't live anywhere else, and I wouldn't want to run for office anywhere else. It's such a, you know, beautiful, special community, and and uh, you know, it's, it's a cra- crazy community, but. Um, but in the, in, the, in the best possible way, and it was a it was a real adventure. I, I had a great time. I really did. Well, I'm glad you ran. Thank you. Are you are you going to uh, stick with politics, or what are your plans? Absolutely. You know, I'm I'm still on the Lesbian and Gay Advisory Board um, with the city, and and I'm sure I'll run for office again. I don't know when or you know what, when, but I'm sure down the line, whether it's you know. Four years, yeah. Who knows? I'm sure I'll. I'll, I'll but you know, also being on the Lesbian Gay Advisory Board is a great platform, and um, there's some really smart people there, and uh, and and it's a great opportunity to to serve. So you know, dude, since, you're, since sure. you're on that board, let me ask you a question. So. You know, I think that a lot of people in West Hollywood always have this criticism about West Hollywood becoming less gay. But we know demographically that still 40% of West Hollywood remains LGBT. It's always been LGBT. It's that way today. And instead of becoming less gay, we're becoming more gray is what's happening in West Hollywood. (laughs) And a lot of our LGBT residents are sheltering in and living alone and, you know, finding themselves in what somebody called the other night menopause, another form of menopause, (laughs) you know, aging in place and not feeling like the pretty hunky guy walking down Santa Monica Boulevard anymore and and really feeling ostracized and isolated. Has the LGAP started to think about, you know, those residents, those gay men, and lesbians and trans people who are aging in their West Hollywood apartments? Under Absolutely. rent control. Under rent control. Like under Karen control. and I. I mean, Karen and I are classic examples <laughs> you, of West you. Hollywood residents aging in place. Thank you. Thank you. But absolutely. I mean, that's that's. we actually got a presentation not too long ago on the new housing that's you know, going to be uh, open this Sunday at the LGBT Center you know, just outside of West Hollywood. I mean, the... You know, I, I mean, what I love about it is that it's intergenerational. So, you know, you have housing for LGBT youth, for, you know, for homeless youth. You have housing for LGBT seniors. I really think that, uh, you know, what we need more, we need to talk more about, uh, whether it's housing or social services. I mean, that's something we definitely, you know, that's on the forefront of our, uh, of our agenda. I mean, it's, uh, but, uh, but, you know, we had a great presentation from the center, and I really hope that, you know, this could be the first of uh, many similar projects because they're they're really doing incredible work. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, looking out if, for our LGBT senior population. Do you mind if I interject a little plug here? Um, I did a really good interview with um, Lori Jean, who is the CEO of the LA LGBT Center. It's on the LosAngelesBlade.com right now, and you know. We have to actually think about this in context. We started out with the black cat before Stonewall. Then we had Stonewall, and we're now looking at the 50th anniversary of Stonewall is coming up this June. And what do we do? We have a $140 million complex 
that takes two acres, a whole full city block, where we're going to have a ribbon cutting, not we, the center, is going to have a ribbon cutting this Sunday. And you have to think, 50 years after Stonewall, we have this incredible complex that Mm -hmm. LGBT people raise the money themselves to create in order to continue to protect and support ourselves. Uh, You're talking about the intergenerational. uh, You know, it's really critical. And it's so even in this Trump era, we have this outstanding, this is as monumental and historic in a positive way, the arc from Stonewall and the Black Cat. It's just amazing. Hey, can I impose on you? Can you stick around for one more commercial break? Because I've got two millennials. I just realized we've got two baby boomers here in studio, and I've got two millennials. I've got Jason, my producer, and you, a millennial, on the phone. And I think I'd I'd like to have a little, you know, cross-generational chat about binary and non-binary sexuality and fluidity because it's producing a bit of friction. So can you stick around for one more commercial break? Of course. All right. You're listening to Sidebar with John Duran here on Channel Q. Welcome back, everybody, here in studio with Karen Oakham, who's helping me co-host today. I've got a terrible cold. Just want to remind you all to head to the WeAreChannelQRadio.com. Try to win your chance to win a free flyaway trip for two to New York City Pride or uh, into the Channel Q uh, Coachella House. You can do that online by going to WeAreChannelQ.com to get your chance to win access to one of these great contests and great prizes. Don't forget to do that. We are on the line with Duke Mason. And Duke, you have been so nice because I know you're suffering from the flu too, but thank you for staying on for one more session. Of course. I wanted, you know, it's very rare to have two baby boomers and two millennials in the same place. I thought, oh my God, this is like (laughs) wonderful. Karen and I came out uh, during the sexual liberation movement when the LGBT movement was started. And uh, you and Jason Yazin, who's my straight uh, producer here, but a millennial, that you I know, am. is uh, you guys have had a completely different experience. And uh, just wanted to chat about the whole binary, non-binary. I was telling Karen during the break, when a lot of us came out, at least gay men, during the 70s, we had to stake a position on the Hill, that we were gay, that we were queer, that we were sex positive, we weren't going to back down, this is who we are, this is how we look in leather, this is how we look in drag and lace, um, this is how we have our sexuality, and we expressed it very openly and aggressively. And politically. And politically, because we had to, because we were considered deviant, and we had to put it out there in full color in order to stop the lies about us and today it seems like most LGBT people who are coming out are very comfortably assimilated into their peer groups and I'm just wondering what your thoughts are about all that Duke well absolutely well you know it's interesting I was talking to somebody last night in fact about the fact that you know I feel like I'm the very last generation where you know I, I sort of I remember what it was like to live in an era before you know, gay culture was fully assimilated. I mean, of course, you know, uh, gay, I mean, you know, it's, it's been the last 15 years or so, really, since Will and Grace, but even in the last five years, the amount of change that's taken place, you know, you know, gays who were even a few years younger than me, you know, grew up in a very different environment where, you know, when Glee started uh, including gay characters, I thought that was a big deal. But people even, you know, who are 21, 23 now, you know, they, they really grew up, you know, in the, in the last, you know, let's say five, seven years where we're living in a completely different time in terms of, you know, the fact that gay culture is completely uh, assimilated in, in terms of music, in terms of fashion, pop culture. It, it's, it, there really has been a massive sea change. And I think that includes, you know, uh, gender and, and gender identity. I really think um, you know, I, I remember what it was like, obviously, to live in an era without marriage equality. But people who were even just a little bit younger than me uh, grew up in a very different uh, environment. So it's just interesting how, you know, even millennials compared to Generation uh, Y, which I believe is the, you know, people who are even younger than millennials. There's like a, you know, the, each, each generation has a very different, unique experience. 
And Jason, you know? you're just a little bit younger. How, you're 20... I'm 26. 26, yeah. and you're straight, and you're so comfortable around LGBT people. And the producer. People. And the yeah. producer of hey. my show. And just so... <laughs> I've never seen you bat an eye about any... Because I've had lots of guests in here that would usually raise an eyebrow. Uh, <laughs> but you just don't bat an eye about anything. And, and why? Well, I just think that... I mean, when it comes to a person's beliefs... I don't feel like somebody should be imposing somebody's own beliefs onto another. Um, I feel like that everybody's entitled to be themselves and be who they want to be. And I feel like nowadays we have more of an awareness, I guess, to the LGBTQ community um, in the sense that, you know, the media is like Glee, as you said, was being heavily uh, showcased on television. It was widely popular. Um, And I just think that nowadays... Uh, you know, it's okay and we're now accepting things and it's because we've gone through so many changes that now uh, this progressive movement is starting to take effect. You know, I'm concerned by... I mean, I I think that that's terrific. It's called evolution, by the way. Right. Um, But we have, John and I, have such a sense of what's at stake because we remember, I mean, uh, fighting just for plain old civil rights. That's what the Equality Act is all about. We are right. still second-class citizens. But because of the assimilation, because of your ease walking through the world, you millennials, and I applaud you for it, <laughs> I think it's great, but I'm not sure that you get what's at stake because we had, if you remember, the California Supreme Court ruled that marriage equality was a fundamental constitutional right in the state of California. And mm-hmm. then the people took away that right. And it right. wasn't until Prop 8 passed that everybody went, wait a second, wait a second, what do you mean you took our rights away? So I'm wondering right. what, uh, you know, Duke, you and, and Jason think, do you have that same kind of sense of something at stake, some sort of sense of urgency, especially now when we're looking at right. the decay of our democracy? Well, I think the Trump thing was basically, I think, I think Trump did for millennials as a whole what prop eight did for the gay community in the sense that in the sense that i really think that you know people who i knew uh you know who were completely apolitical you know who you know millennials who you know i you know 2016 you know i'd bring up politics and they were like you know i don't want to hear about that or really like you know i'm the guy at the party that starts talking about politics and everybody's like oh i don't want to talk about that right now but people who they used to be like that used to not want to hear it you know, are now, you know, mobilized and, you know, informed. And I mean, I'm actually, I've actually been shocked by the level of uh, engagement that I've seen from some of my, you know, fellow millennials that, you know, used to be completely disinterested. I really think, you know, the people are, are woke in a way that they've never been before, you know, and I, but I say, I think Trump did that. I think Trump was the prop eight, but, you know, but it was the equivalent of prop eight, but for, for everybody, you know. Duke, you have given me a reason, one reason to be grateful for Donald Trump. So thank you for that. <laughs> Not we're, me, but we're you gave have me something to new. Sign off now, Duke. Thank you for joining us. Next week on Sidebar with John Duran, we're going to have the incredible Dr. Michael Gottlieb, one of the founders of the HIV virus here in live studio. Look forward to interviewing him about his life experience with the HIV virus. Have a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in to a very sick and coughing John Duran. Thank you, Karen Oakham, You're for co hosting to get me through my Thank coughing you. spells. Thank you, Jason. And we'll see you all next week on Sidebar with John Duran here on Channel Q.